Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales from the Crib. My name is Glenn and I will be your host as together we explore the wonderful world that is Gateway Horror. I have missed you guys and you know, for some reason I've been getting some messages over on Twitter and you guys have missed me, but nevertheless I am glad to be here with you exploring this wonderful world of horror together i have all the segments for your podcast enjoyment this evening and i'm going to be making sure that we go over each and every single one of them together so that you can get the best experience when it comes to the wonderful world of gateway horror but before we go ahead and jump into that i gotta let you enjoy this wonderful music for just a few short moments and of course if any of these songs on Tales from the Crypt catch your ear. By all means, check out the show notes for a recap of the show and a link to all the tunes. And that sound, of course, means that it is time for The Buzz. The Buzz is our horror news segment where I scour the depths of the interwebs to bring you the most interesting horror news stories and kind of just comment on them here. But you know what? This does not have to be a one-way conversation, although I do not mind, you know, kind of just sitting here in the in the, in the the studio talking to you. We can talk to each other over on Twitter. In fact, I look forward to it. Please reach out to me on Twitter at from the cribs C R I B B E D, and we can talk about any uh, you know of these topics or really anything you like. And why don't we go ahead just jump right on into the buzz? The very first thing that I felt that I just needed to bring up was the It Chapter Two trailer. Actually, just came out not too long ago, middle of the day, I believe, on a Thursday. And let me tell you, I have been so excited for. It Chapter Two. I love the you know the the recent uh, remake of not even remake. We'll just say interpretation of Stephen King's It. I mean, it was about I think almost two and a half hours long, and I was ready for it to be longer because I thought they just did so many things so well, and I'm just really excited to be able to see um, you know where these characters are going to go in the second iteration of uh, It, also known as It Chapter Two. Now, this movie does not come out until September. Which for me is really, really difficult because I want to see it so bad. I feel like so many of those actors and actresses are going to do such a great and amazing job. Uh, but in this trailer, they really kind of throw back to um, one of the one of the more intense scenes of the book, where Beverly goes back to the house that you know she grew up in with her father and the kind of strenuous and um, you know uncomfortable relationship that they had, kind of just you know permeates the atmosphere when she's in that house and she's talking to who she thinks is the new resident who happens to live there and they're talking about the town of Derry and as she continues to talk to this new quote-unquote resident 
things get a little bit weirder and more eerily personal and you know the atmosphere just kind of starts to intensify as she realized that resident you know is somebody she's met before and as they continue in their conversation and the stakes kind of raise it gets more and more obvious that you know she is not exactly where you know she thinks she is and she comes to the realization that she's not talking to you know the new the newest resident of that house she's in fact talking to pennywise himself and it seems like they um, they do an interesting job of building this in the trailer. They do an, Stephen King does an amazing job of building it in the book. It's one of the more memorable uh, you know scenes from it, and um, seeing that on the screen and done in such a weird and unsettling way was definitely really cool. And uh, they do do this really weird um, and intense uh, like jump scary rush at the camera, um, you know, as which is not which is not in the book. It's a little bit more uh, sinisterly. Um, um, you know, like present, just kind of more like a, you know, here I am and here you are type of reveal in the book. Uh, but this one seems a little bit more intense. And in the, you know, in the most recent version of it that we had just a couple years ago, there are some more of those over the top, uh, you know, intense, like rush at the screen moments. And those are some of the standouts of that. So there have been some mixed reactions to this because it's not 100% faithful um, necessarily to, you know, to the book or to the, um, are two like you know the, the the TV series and to which I say one we don't really know because we saw like what 90 seconds of it if that and two I think if it's not that's almost even better because it gives us the chance to kind of talk uh, you know about that and see how it compares uh, you know and work it over it's, if it's just the same thing presented to you over and over again yes that's you know that can be enjoyable but sometimes it's nice to be able to see something fresh and you know this whole movie uh, is something fresh it's a fresh take on a story that we really love so i'm super excited to see uh it chapter two can't wait you know definitely probably my most not even probably my most anticipated horror movie of this year could not be more excited about it now keeping the news segment going I, I, let, I let that i let that i rambled there for a little bit but you know it's a it's a movie uh that i'm passionate about so definitely interested uh, in seeing that a lot of people are speaking speaking of trailers a lot of people are talking about this um, midsummer uh trailer it's an a24 trailer where a couple you know um they're like it seems they, they seem to be in their early 20s and they're going through like what's a little bit of a rust patch and the guy is trying to figure out if he's going to end up breaking up with this girl before they go on this trip over to sweden and he decides to invite her along so they go on this trip um they're at some type of festival and things start to kind of unravel and they realize that the people hosting this festival you know there's a little bit more of a sinister motivation to it um the trailer itself looks really you know really like really good um i kind of go back and forth on a24 you know there are some movies i like and then some movies i don't um it's weird because a lot of people like really really love uh you know a24 uh and a24 movies so i would love to hear from you to find out like what your favorite a24 films are i think the last a24 movie i saw was uh, hereditary and i was really not the biggest fan you know of it i feel like it's a great movie to talk about the great study in film you know and what is and what is not horror uh but for me it wasn't quite exactly what i was expecting and that's really like a running theme with a24 it's never exactly what you're expecting which you know is something that you can either like love that like you never know what you're going to get and you can't wait to explore it or you can kind of be left feeling like you know this is not the direction i felt like this was going in um but that being said the preview for midsummer uh looks really really cool i highly recommend that you 
check it out. In fact, I'm going to throw it in the link in the show notes, so why not? I'm going to make it easy for you to find, and let's talk about what you think about it over on Twitter. And then lastly, we're going to wrap up the buzz, hitting all the topics today, letting you really get used to this music. Uh, Child's Play just got its rating, and it is in fact rated R. Um, They really kind of took their, uh, maybe not, didn't really take their time. This movie comes out in June. Uh, We are in the Ides of May, Uh, so we still have a little bit of time before this comes out but i feel like child's play being rated r it's almost a necessity uh at this point um you know child's play is in fact a slasher movie they kind of do need that rating uh although i could see the motivation of course to have this be a pg-13 rated movie uh there has not been a pg-13 rated child's play this is a remake they definitely want to be able to cash in on some fans of the original child's play as well as appear to a younger audience maybe hence the casting of somebody like aubrey plaza uh so you would think that a PG-13 rating would pull in even more people who would go out and see this, you know, on a Friday, uh, you know, Friday night or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I go back and forth with this. Part of part of me wants to see this be ours so it can stay faithful to the original franchise. But then on the other hand, um, you know, another part of me says, like, it's the, this is a remake. This is a re... This is completely separate from the, like, the OG franchise. And you can do, in you know, an effective horror movie, you know, without, you know, having that, um, you know, rated R rating. Um, I feel like you could definitely do, if they do Annabelle, right? Now, Annabelle's not PG-13, but if they do Annabelle, where you don't necessarily see the doll, you know, for you know the majority of the movie um you could definitely do child's play where i mean i want to see chucky like i want to see him move around don't get me wrong um but i feel like you know you can you can kind of they could they could probably get away with more of the violence if they cut down uh, on some of the other things that usually bring you that r rating like if they tone down any of like the sexual overtones or if they didn't have any like language i might be able to make it um you know still a good child's play movie um while dancing around that rating there are a lot of movies a lot of horror movies that are pg-13 and not necessarily you know affected by it would it be hard to do it with uh with child's play sure it would because it's you know it's a traditional slasher movie but at the same time this child's play is not your child's play it's not mine necessarily it's for a new generation so it would be interested to see it'll it will be interesting to see kind of how that's taken but the fact that it's rated r you know they are trying i feel like they're i feel like they know that they kind of lost um you know the core people once they announced child's play there's a lot of backlash towards it so i feel like maybe this r rating is saying like hey you know we might be new we might not have you know uh, we might be a, a remake we might not have the support of the original creator we might not have brad dorf as the voice of chucky but you know we do have you know kind of you know, like the history or like the feel of a Chucky movie. Um, so, I mean, I'm anxious to see this. Um, I do want to go and see this in the theater. I- I'm, I'm interested. I'm in. Let me know what you think about Child's Play. And it's recently being rated our announcement. Um, yeah, I want to know. I want to hear from you. Sights to show you. And now it is time for I Scream, You Stream. This is the segment where I take a peek over on the internet. You take a look at some of the streaming services that are out there uh, and make a couple recommendations or maybe you know, even just mention some things that I find intriguing. Uh, I, we're going to stick with, um, I think it's, uh, is it Netflix? Yeah, of course it's Netflix. It's almost always Netflix. Sometimes I dance around and end up doing Amazon Prime video, but this week, Netflix gonna stay with uh you know old reliable 
And there's actually a really big one on here that I think a lot of people are going to be interested about that might uh, that might have just like snuck under the radar for a lot of people. A while ago, a couple months ago, we started to get the trailer for a movie uh, with um, Zac Efron where he played Ted Bundy and it's called Extremely Wicked and Shock... <laughs> is a mouthful. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. I feel like that's a horrible title for this movie. Um, way too long. Not, not necessarily for this movie, but just any movie. That's a long title. A lot to get out. Um, but this is the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. It is super popular um, rated over on IMDb right now um, in terms of like what people are talking about. It's almost at, like the top of the list, uh, but it does have about a 6.7 on IMDb. When this movie was first announced and we started to see trailers of it, it was no mentioning of it being on Netflix. I don't think it had a distributor yet because when it first started to get all that buzz, it was pretty popular and in terms of at least being like talked about over at Sundance. And now it is actually out. You can see it. It's on Netflix. So you can definitely watch this. Again, it is called Extremely Wicked shockingly evil and vile um and it's uh they say your synopsis here is a courtroom frenzy ensues and sweeps 1970s america when a young single mother reluctantly uh, tips the attention of a widespread manhunt towards her longtime boyfriend ted bundy um so this is based on the book called the phantom prince my life with ted bundy um th so this is a little bit different it's not um i've heard that it's more of like like the relationship that Ted Bunny has with this woman. So I'm not quite sure if it's, uh, you know, everything that people are expecting of it. But that being said, the preview looks good. Um, Zach Efron seems like, looks like, I mean, I've seen pictures of Ted Bundy. He look he looks like he's pulling it off in this movie. I definitely want to watch it and, and am, am intrigued, easy for me to say. Uh, if you've seen this, let me know what you think about it. Please don't spoil it for me. But like, you know, how, on a scale of one to 10, like how, how, quickly should I jump to see this? Where should I put this in my watch list? Should it be more towards the top? Do I need to see this right now? Do I have to stay up late and caffeinate and make it through this movie? Or can it wait for another day? You know, I got a lot to watch, not a bunch of time to watch it in. So it's important that I get through, you know, as uh, many movies <laughs> as I can. want to be able to see everything. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and bio. Let me know what you think. Sticking with movies over on Netflix, as I promised we would, uh, Gerald's Game, based on the Stephen King uh, book, uh, is available to stream on Netflix. Now, this is a Netflix original, or so they claim, um, you know, obviously based on the Stephen King stories. I'm not totally original, but it, you know, produced, made by Netflix. And um, I picked this because I'm currently just about to finish the audiobook. I am like, I don't know, I probably say I got about 30 minutes left uh, until I'm wrapped up with it. And I remember when this first came out, like I knew the story of Gerald's game, but I didn't necessarily um, know exactly what happened. You know, I know that um, this uh, married couple ends up going to the woods. Um, you know, she, um, the wife ends up getting, um, you know, handcuffed to a bed, uh, and then she can't get out and she has to try to figure out like, you know, how do I, how am I going to survive? How am I going to escape this situation? And a lot of people said that this movie, you know, when it first came out, they were shocked that, um, you know, that it came out that they said, they said, how do you, how do you make a movie about this? And, you know, it, it, it's, it's unfilmable, um, people would say. And what's interesting is Stephen King, um, you know, he does such an, such a great job with tension. Uh, as I'm listening to this audiobook, I just finished Cujo previously, and it's like, it's like he really makes you feel like the moment, like every, 
every time that she is trying to get out of these handcuffs like everything is so like you know laborious and he's taking you through like you know the the situation of her trying to reach a glass of water and it's like so close and the detail in which he describes her trying to get to it so she can have that drink so she doesn't you know um, you know, die of thirst, like, he, he, he just drags it out, um, but he does it in such a way that's, like, I don't know, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, it's like a car crash, like, you can't look away, it's like, you need to know what's going to happen next, I was on edge the whole time I was watching this, um, but I could, I could, I'm gonna take a guess and, and say that this movie, uh, is kind of told in a series of flashbacks, that's how I would imagine it being told, because as she is stuck to this bed, she's kind of reliving these intense moments of her life that she thinks may have led her up to, you know, this point uh and uh it's definitely you know there's definitely you know more <laughs> of an adult uh pick compared to um you know some of the other compared to the next title that i'm going to be talking about uh but if you are you know a fan of gerald's game if you are a fan of stephen king um you know gerald's game is one of the more um you know well-known stories so uh, you might want to check this out as soon once I finish uh, the book, uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, I'll definitely be adding this onto my watch list to check out Gerald's Game on Netflix. And lastly, easy, basic, classic gateway horror. One of the first movies that I started to watch when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen Gremlins. You you have you you just it's a, it's a rule. Even if you only like like basic horror movies, even if you don't like horror movies, you've seen Gremlins. You're well familiar with Billy Peltzer and his Mugwai that turn into Gremlins when they're fed, you know, uh, after midnight. So you you know the story. However, I feel like I wanted to bring it up anyway, uh, just because sometimes you want to watch, you know, a classic movie like that, and you can't find it anywhere. Um, This episode this week is about Little Shop of Horrors, and I could not find it streaming, you know, anywhere across any services. You have to um, pay and rent Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, So if you want to watch it, you either have to own the Blu-ray, which I do, uh, or you have to rent it. So if you're looking for Gremlins, it's available over on Netflix. And ooh, sounds like that it is time to transition over to Shop Smart. And Shop Smart is a segment where I take a peek over on the internet and try to find you some cool horror deals. And this one, of course, uh, as it is normally, is focused on Blu-rays. And since we're talking about Blu-rays and we are in fact in the world of horror, we have a lot of really cool specialty horror Blu-ray labels and I am very lucky enough um, to kind of be um, not necessarily partnered with uh, Arrow Video, uh, and they provide the show with some horror Blu-rays to talk about here. And this one so happens to, I hope, coincide with the latest um, Joe Bob Briggs' The Last Drive-In. Now, as I'm recording this, it is May 16th, a Thursday, and Joe Bob Briggs uh, has this show over on Shutter called The Last Drive-In, uh, which is kind of like... Um, uh, Monster Vision. Uh, well, I mean, it more or less is Monster Vision from TNT. Uh, but uh, he goes through, shows a movie, um, interrupts the movie once in a while with different tidbits of information. And this week, he's been teasing the fact that the two of the movies featured this Friday on the 17th happen to involve some type of like drug or substance. And everybody seems to think that it is going to be this movie called Brain Damage, uh, which is available on Blu-ray from Arrow Video. And it's not only 
available uh, on Blu-ray from Arrow Video, and uh, it's it's available on Blu-ray from Arrow Video, streaming on Shutter. Hopefully, part of Joe Bob Briggs' The Last Drive-In, and it is ten dollars and ninety-nine cents. There are a bunch of Arrow uh, titles on sale currently on Amazon, and Brain Damage is cheap right now. And I'm telling you, if you are looking for a movie that is just fresh new something that you haven't seen before um this is a this is definitely worth uh, a blind uh, a blind buy it is directed by frank hedenlotter um you know i'm sure he's you know, he directed basket case i'm sure you're familiar with that movie uh he's directed a bunch of other ones as well um but for me brain damage is probably my favorite frank hedenlotter movie um i really really enjoy it it is a lot of fun uh, it's just so it's just so different than any other like horror creature movie that I've seen before. I was uh, lucky enough to see this for the first time uh, at Exhumed Films when they had a uh, um, they do uh, in Philadelphia they host all these different like horror screenings and they showed this movie and I was I was just blown away. The visual effects are awesome and the story is so unique. Let me go ahead and hit you with the synopsis if you've never heard of it. It's a headache from hell from Frank. Hedenlotter, the man behind such cult horror favorites as Basket Case, comes brain damage, the ultimate head trip now finally on Blu-ray. Meet Elmer. He's your local friendly parasite with the ability to induce euphoric hallucinations in his hosts. But these LSD-like trips come with a hefty price tag. When young Brian comes under Elmer's addictive spell, it is not long before he finds himself scouring the city streets in search of his parasite's preferred food source brains featuring the late tv horror host john zacherly as the voice of elmer brain damage boasts some of the most astonishing bad taste gore gags ever realized um it is a crazy crazy movie um again the special effects in this are awesome and if you are in the 80s horror if you just want something different that you haven't seen you definitely need to take a chance on braid damage on blu-ray amazon ten dollars and 99 cents let me give you since this is arrow video of course this thing is packed with bonus features uh so let me go ahead and just run through them real quick uh some of the bonus features that you're going to get you're gonna have to listen to the light the making of brain damage a brand new documentary featuring interviews um you know with a bunch of the main actors and production assistants as well as uh, the makeup and special effects uh crew there's speaking of um, makeup and special effects there's a whole interview with the effects artist and the creator of elmer himself uh greg bartolos where he looks back and tells you all about how they made elmer and how he moves and everything like that it's called animating elmer um there are there's another one that where they talk about um, the filming locations and where they were able to film this in New York City. It's called Elmer's Turf, the New York City locations of brain damage. Um, they interview uh, like a super fan, uh, Adam Skinner, who is like obsessed with this movie. Uh, and they also have a Q&A with uh, Frank Henlotter himself from the 2016 off-screen film festival. Uh, and there are also even more and more and more things. Um, this Blu-ray is packed. I own this. It's awesome. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I talk about a lot of different Arrow releases on this show because they're kind enough to uh, send them our way so uh, I can review them. But Brain Damage is probably one of my favorite releases by them because the movie is so much fun. Um, I'm hoping that I'm correct in my guess that this is featured on Joe Bob Briggs' The Last Drive-In. I'm trying to tie it together. I have no idea. You know, nobody tells me <laughs> what's going to be, uh, you know, what his featured movies are. Um, but I'm guessing and I'm betting and I'm hoping that it's brain damage. But if it's not, you can watch it. 
um, by picking up the Blu-ray for $10.99. All right, moving right along over here on Shop Smart, uh, we have two other releases I want to talk about. Normally, I feature them all on Amazon because it's just so easy to be able to go and grab them there. Uh, but um, next one is actually going to require that you jump into your car, and hopefully you have one of these stores locally. Because if you do, you can pick up uh, the Alien Anthology, all your basic, like, core alien movies starting from the first one all the way up to uh, Alien uh, 4 and it's only five dollars it's five bucks and the Alien Quadrilogy uh, is huge that thing is probably like nine or ten discs um, and it's like the movie special features the movie special features the movie special features it is jam-packed for five dollars um, I mean you can't get a better value than that you just you just can't cannot recommend that title enough and then lastly we will jump back over to Amazon one more time to finish it off with Salem's Lot for $9.19. I own this title. I just finished the Stephen King audiobook of Salem's Lot. Uh, really enjoyed it. It is a um, almost like a modern day uh, retelling of the Dracula story, where in the town of Salem's Lot, this uh, creepy old house is up on a up on a hill. It's uh, kind of falling apart, and this this um these two gentlemen move in from uh overseas and uh they are kind of purveyors of art and like collectibles and things like that and they open up this store there uh and it seems that the owner is always off and away and you can't find him because he's purchasing like art and antiques and things like that for the store and um sure enough people start getting sick in town um they start to have uh, to you know be bitten and people start to suspect that there is in fact a vampire you know amongst them uh this uh, this audiobook i super super enjoyed it i have never seen the blu-ray i own it i've not seen it uh and let me tell you after listening to the audiobook and becoming more familiar with the story i'm definitely anxious to check this out if you don't have blu-ray again nine dollars 19 cents super cheap uh you really you really can't beat that and now for our feature presentation It all began in this little shop. Ow! Damn roses! Where, strange as it seems, something extraordinary happened. I'm afraid it isn't feeling very well today. Now it's not What kind of a riddle plot does that seem? Little Shop of Horrors, a story about a boy. I've given you sunlight. I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy. Unless I open a vein. Such a weird player. A girl. You don't make nice boys when you live on Skid Row, Mr. Mushnick. See, now this is my date, my boyfriend. A florist. I'm telling you, Audrey, he's not a good, clean kind of boy. He's a professional. save it all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. Feed me Seymour. And a plant. Feed me all night long. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Whoa! Catch me now! I'm just a mean 
Rick Moranis. Man's a total disgrace to the dental profession. Ellen Green. Excuse me. Excuse me what? That's better. Vincent Gardenia, with special guest appearances by Steve Martin, John Candy, and Bill Murray. It's a professionalism that I respect. Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Let me tell you, what an awesome, awesome, awesome movie! I had to, I had to rewatch this in anticipation for you know this podcast, this review, um, this mentioning of it in terms of gateway horror, um, just because it's been a little while since I've seen it. I listen to the soundtrack like somewhat frequently. I own it on vinyl. I think it's such a such a great great time. I can definitely remember seeing this when I was younger, and you know, I thought about it, and I'm like, this could definitely be uh, a gateway horror type title because you know, this movie itself. Um, I mean, there's not it, one. It's a musical. Not that you can't have like you know a violent musical or anything like that, but you know, for the most part, Little Shop of Horrors is pretty tame. But the idea, the story of it itself, you know, is in fact you know a horror movie. Um, and so many people are in this, at least from my childhood that watching this um you know i was just i was was just taken back seeing all these actors and actresses that i've seen in so many other roles in so many other movies but in this seymour is kind of this uh like geeky type guy played by rick moranis and he works in a florist shop and he comes across this weird plant and he starts to kind of raise it and the florist uh you know the florist shop is really not doing so hot and um it turns out that he's like you know what we're going to put this plant in the window and see if we can kind of just get people to come in uh to look at the plant because it's so unique and sure enough it ends up working uh and he has to feed the plant and it gets bigger and bigger and then one day the plant kind of you know uh, what's the word? Uh, I guess it kind of comes to, and it's like basically, you know, it needs blood. He pricks his finger on it. Uh, the plant takes, uh, you know, some of the blood gets into the plant, and you know, it just kind of takes on a life of its own. And it turns out that in order for the plant to survive and to thrive, it needs human blood. Uh, and of course, Seymour has to kind of balance the fact that you know he is starting to be successful now with this plant, and the store is starting to be successful, and he's starting to kind of get closer to the girl that he works with there and she's impressed with you know his ability to take care of the plant and you know she's in a weird situation with her boyfriend and Seymour has a chance to kind of be the hero to pretty much just about everybody but the way for him to do that of course is to make sure uh that the plant uh that Audrey too continues to get a fresh you know supply of blood and he has to kind of balance you know the you know the right and wrong, the moral aspects of that uh, as he tries to make everybody happy, including himself and the plant. So it's like a a face-off between him and Audrey too, uh, a battle of wills, if you will, um, for for lack of a better word. Um, But make no mistake, Audrey too is, you know, she, he, he, she? I'm not really sure. They don't really, they don't really mention. But Audrey too is, uh, you know, is evil. This is a Venus flytrap like plant that is eating people. So based on that itself, I feel like you know this is horror in a way. It's in the title, Little Shop of 
horrors. So I figure if I can, you know, last year I was able to kind of stretch and bend Home Alone into being a horror movie, almost like a kid's home invasion movie. Uh, So why can't Little Shop of Horrors be a horror movie? You know, right? You have songs about the plant eating people. Um, So I feel like it can definitely fit, you know, fit the mold. And everybody in this film does such a great, great job. When you see Rick Moranis singing, um, you know, about, you know, kind of being down on his luck, uh, and, you know, on Skid Row, um, trying to find a way to get out. And, you know, everybody else, Audrey chimes in with uh, like her struggles and, you know, how she's kind of with someone but alone. Like, everybody is so good in this movie and so relatable, and the songs are so catchy. Like, this is one of those musicals, I feel like, for people who don't like musicals because the story is unique non-traditional um and it's just uh you know it's just got like a twinge of that genre element to it that we like so much Uh, i feel like everybody here like is on their a-game from rick moranis to ellen green steve martin james belushi john candy bill murray is hilarious in it um there are so many just like memorable scenes in this film um and so many memorable songs this is going to be something that once you watch it you will you will definitely want to listen to this um like again and again and especially you know if you are of the younger audience there's nothing really in here that you can't watch there's a couple jokes here and there but for the most part they're going to go over anybody's head who's watching them um like unless you're like older um because there are some jokes that i happen to get now that i'm you know an adult as i watch this but Definitely nothing like out of like left field or nothing that anybody would really say is like inappropriate. And Audrey's like these effects are really good in this. Um, They started to mention that as they were, I was watching some of the special features and they were saying that as they were like animating Audrey and moving Audrey, they weren't able to quite do it in like like a convincing way. Uh, but when they sped it up um, and altered the speed, like sped it up and also altered the speed of the of the film, uh, they were able to make it look like way more realistic. Uh, and I mean, it looks it lo- Audrey looks great in this. Um, um, the the effects are perfect, uh, and you normally don't see something like this in a musical. There's not too many like horror music. I can I can think of what uh, Sweeney Todd. Maybe the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which isn't necessarily scary, um, and um, and this one, and those are really the only ones that come to mind. If there's more, and I don't know about them, aside from like the Ash versus Evil Dead, um, the Ash Evil, the Evil Dead musical, and actually there's a new Beetlejuice musical as well. Uh, but uh, but Little Shop of Horrors, such a great time, such awesome songs, um, such an awesome uh, plot. Uh, and I watched the I watched the original theatrical cut where at the end, um, you know, there is a happy ending. There is of course a director's cut uh, which you can watch on the Blu-ray where with the, that they filmed where Audrey ends up uh, Audrey too the evil plant ends up winning and like having world domination. So you can watch that as well. So whether you want to watch the happy ending or you want to watch the uh, the happy ending for Audrey too the plant who eats everybody ending up taking over the world, you can watch that as well. Um, This movie is such a great time. The music is so good. I really cannot recommend this film enough. Uh, I think it's perfect for gateway horror. I also think it's a shame that I waited so long to mention it here on this show. And, I mean, especially if you're trying to... I I make it feel like I'm trying to, like, um, you know, like, not, like, brainwash people into being, like, horror fans. But, like, you know, if you want... Like, like when you have like this show for the most part was conceived uh, because I want to hopefully have like have my son be like way into like horror movies. I want him to be like my partner in crime when it comes to watching some of these films. And the cool thing about Little Shop of Horrors is because it's a musical, it has all these super catchy songs. And 
you know, when you have a young kid, um, one of the things they love, or at least in my experience, is like all these like super catchy like musical songs that are kind of off the wall. And this film is just one catchy musical song that's off the wall after another, after another, after another. And I mean, it is like that with all. I feel like with a with a lot of musicals, but this one, you know, especially. And if you want something that's like a little scary but not too scary, I feel like Little Shop of Horrors walks the line pretty well. Uh, although you don't see Audrey too too much. You see her, um, her, him, you see the plant in the background a lot. Doesn't really have too many songs. You don't really see the plant move all that much. Um, so, you know, if you have, uh, you know, a kid who wants to see, like, you know, the plant, because the plant is really cool, then they really might, you might struggle. Um, but if the music is the driving force, uh, then I, I definitely feel like you could you could have a winner here uh, with Little Shop of Horrors. But let me know what you think. If this was one of the first movies that you saw um, when you started getting into horror or not. I do remember seeing this at a younger age, but it wasn't, like, on the same, um, kind of in the same world as like Ghostbusters or Poltergeist or anything like that for me those are some of the more gremlins like those are the ones that I really really watched a lot but I did see this and I thought you know what I gotta bring this up uh, because it's so it's so classic and it's so much fun to watch I could not get over like how awesome some of these songs were to hear it again uh, but that's a little shop of horrors thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales from the Crib and by all means please reach out to me over on Twitter at from the Crib. I can't wait to hear from you, and I'll see you here again in just a few short weeks. Dropping out of light at the Alpha Centauri system in 3, 2, 1. Prepare back to deflection engine.